Show presents Scratch It Trailer. The podcast where we debate which track to scratch off some of the most known and unknown albums of all time. We live in an era of singles. This is an album. People no longer listen to an album for the work it truly is. It kind of defines a band. It's just not something that people relate to nowadays. We've all gotten the dreaded. Started out as a game. Which track on the album would you scratch out if you had to? Hey everyone, welcome to another exciting episode of the Scratch the Track podcast presented by the Dude and Grim Show. I am the Dude. And I am Grim. And today we are going to discuss the monumental physical graffiti by Led Zeppelin. As you can see, I only have one disc of this, um, as that was what was in my uncle's record collection. So thank you and, and God rest his soul, Uncle Max. Dude, don't you wonder where that other disc is? I do. I really do. Like, to think of who he could have, like, let borrow it or something, and they still yeah. have it. And they're like, man, where the fuck is disc two? Yeah. Well, because disc two is right here, friends, and it is still sounding great as ever. I have both of them because I went and picked it up yesterday, which... Like this is one I've been wanting. I've been wanting to get on vinyl for a really long time. It's just, it's just one of those ones. This is... Their sixth studio album, released February 24th, 1975. Um, it's an interesting album. Is it your favorite Led Zeppelin album? So, well, that, that you know, we get into favorites, we get into best ofs. I will say this. I, the, the best way I can answer that question. If there's an album that I put on of Led Zeppelin now, it's this one. That's a very fair so, way to answer it. So basically, that, this yes. Sort of, yeah, probably. It's mine. Yeah, but then you start. Ah, uh, oh, man, there's some other good ones. Oh, there's a lot of. Uh, I know, but other good ones. This but. was one where I don't even remember how I first started getting into Led Zeppelin, but I, I remember having the BBC sessions first, and then getting the albums from there. And the BBC sessions is really representative of basically like one through four. Right, four was like the yeah. new album that they were kind of messing around with tracks and playing, still playing them live. Um, but after getting the kind of initial phase of Led Zeppelin and then Houses of the Holy, which is kind of a good, honestly, bridge between those first four albums, I would say. And where is that it, found? And even yeah, um, but dude, then I bought this one uh, on double CD because that's what we had. Oh, right, dude. and yeah. I, I just remember because I wanted I wanted Cashmere. Like I just I didn't I knew that song and I knew I really liked it and I wanted the album. So I just I was like, well, it's Led Zeppelin. It's probably going to be good, and bought this. Yeah. And I don't know. It was it was just so different to me than anything I had heard leading up to that. Like the acoustic stuff that they did was different than the acoustic stuff on three or four. Um, mm-hmm. The rock stuff was a little more like developed. It was it was like a little. It wasn't just riff based rock. You know, there there was more to it. Sure. Plant uh, sang a little differently. I I thought. I don't know. I just I, I just really liked what it did, and it went a lot of places. Yeah. Uh, well, and there's a couple reasons for that. I really like. I 
I think you see some of John Paul Jones's finest work. Absolutely, on this, on this, this album, and I feel like he's. It, we'll talk a little bit about that in some of the songs. I feel like he's sort of just like the unsung hero yep. <laughs> of Led I, Zeppelin. Dude, Everybody he absolutely re- is. You know they and and for those people who haven't uh, seen our episode on them, Crooked Vultures, his awesome supergroup band with Josh Homme and Dave, Dave Grohl on drums. Like, whoa, uh, check that one out. Also, um, the unsung but, hero of that one. <laughs> yeah, right. <exactly. laughs> I mean, but this is this is also a very interesting album because uh, kind of like you say it, it it bridges a lot of their work because eight of the songs they recorded for this album, but other songs were taken from other sessions, the previous recordings that didn't make those albums. From uh, most notably, the two albums are "Houses of the Holy" and, and uh, Led Zeppelin Four. Uh, there's one song, "A Brownie Yore," which is off Led Zeppelin Three. But basically, what they did is they went in, they recorded these songs and it was more than one record so they said hey fuck it we're gonna do two records and they had all those leftover tracks that are aren't just like leftover you know a lot of times you think of oh we got some leftover tracks that kind of didn't no, they're good songs right? yeah yeah that's the thing like i think it's interesting because so when you hear boogie was stew right now i didn't know this at the time of buying the the record as a kid but I, yeah, I had no when you idea. hear "Boogie with Stew," you could believe that was an outtake, just because it's it's just kind of it's like guys in a room messing around. It's it it doesn't sound like a you know like they were in a big you know what I mean. It's just real down home, earthy. But then the fact that they put "Black Country Woman" after it. Um, makes it maybe not seem like that. Like that was something that they meant to do to to kind of get into this other soundscape. Sure. Well, and then I, I mean, even with yeah, no, but but even with with Bronny Yor, I remember hearing that. I, I do remember hearing that and being like, "Gosh, that's that's it's really Led Zeppelin three, and it is because that's their you know what you'd call if they had an acoustic sounding yeah, sure. album like that. That that's it. And so I just. I found it to be an interesting uh, choice just to you know throw that on there. Yeah, uh, but it's a great great piece of music. But oh, it's really you know, beautiful, talk. and I think it's great, uh, well placed after in the light. But we'll get into that. Yeah, well, let's talk about um, a little bit, kind of how it was recorded. Um, they they started recording it in towards the end of 1973 in, in November. And now you're talking about the the el- not leftover leftovers are off the table. We're talking the no, album yeah, yeah, proper. Yeah. yeah, boom. Yeah, before they even I think knew that it was going to be a double album or anything mm. like that. They were just you know went in and they it's called what what Headley Grange and uh, or Headley I forget yeah. exactly how you say Headley. it, but it's but it's basically like a it's one of these big old houses mansions where a lot of other bands record and I believe they recorded most Led of the or Les Up and Four there, yeah. yeah. And then I think some tracks for Three and some for Houses of the Holy, but the majority of Four was was there as well. Um, but so they go in there and they they start to record, and John Paul Jones uh, basically the sessions were stopped. And from what I think the press was told is that John Paul Jones kind of became ill, but mm. it kind of came out later, I guess, that he was really frustrated with the band and considered quitting. And uh, Peter Grant, who is a bad motherfucker, yeah, um, the band's manager. He could, he's a big dude. Um, 
just told him to take the rest of the year off and recuperate, do what he needs to do. So sounds like he did that, and they came back in early 74. And You know, recorded. it's funny. I, I hadn't read that, but it makes sense. And, and think about when you when you watch what the, the movie of the song remains the same. Yes. Like, think yeah. about that movie, like, Robert Plant's, like, when they go into their their fantasy sequences, which is just amazing. Robert Plant's, <laughs> like, like a Highlander, like, roaming the countryside and doing, you know, With doing all... children and yeah. the long blonde locks. <laughs> and it's yeah. Really good. And, yeah. And then Jimmy Page is, like, the kind of mysticism, like, black magic dude. And John Paul Jones just goes home and just hangs out with his family, like... Dude, I'm sure this the rock tomorrow, tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow. <laughs> the rock star life probably has to be pretty difficult for a, a guy who's like really just kind of a normal dude, especially the rock and roll life of Led Zeppelin, which was like yeah. f- like excessive, um, mm-hmm. you know, exponentially. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think we can talk a little bit more about that when we get to the last track of the album, "Sick Again," which is yeah, uh, which is very based kind of around that that life, but. Um, now, Grim, they they used a uh, mobile recording studio for this album. Is that correct? Yeah, and I, I looked at it, and it's called Ronnie Lane Mobile Recording Studio. Uh, it looks like Lane Mobile Studios for short. And, dude, it's really cool. Um, as I'm looking at the pictures of it, it's basically an Airstream. Like, it's, <laughs> nice. it's, a, it's a silver Airstream trailer. And... You know, he's got a board at one end and he's got like outboard gear and a tape machine over here. And he's got, and I guess I part, I, I'm like torn on this. Part of me is like, why don't you just bring the shit and set it up? And then the other part of me is like, why the fuck would you? It's already would set up it? in the trailer. Yeah. You just plug yeah. that shit in and you go. Yep. So I, I think it's kind of a really cool idea because, um, then the space is the only limitation of the space is the length of your like of your cable snakes and stuff. Yeah, pretty you much. Know? And, and I mean, is, well, like you said, they they did this for Led Zeppelin four, and a lot of bands have done this over time. I mean, we 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 will be doing later this year. Spoiler alert: um, a Rolling Stones album called Exile on Main Street, um, where they were in the south of France. And they recorded in a very similar way. They were at Keith Richards' house, and they recorded in the basement. But they had basically a mobile recording studio parked kind of outside of of the house that everything just kind of kind of ran into. And a lot of bands have done this, you know, over the years. I think initially younger bands were like, oh, we want to get into the studio because it has this aura, right? And it has this it's a creative cool atmosphere. space, yeah, Explode and then, space. And then they want to kind of get out of it. And that's what that's what they they did here. A lot of bands have done that over over time. Well, I just um, I but, watched an interesting documentary just last night about this uh, called oh, Recording really? in Process or Recording in Progress, rather. Um, and it's kind of about the decline of like recording studios with you know what's happening in the music industry. And it, it's funny because people have said the same thing. They're like, I like going into the studio. It's a creative space, but I feel more pressure there. And when I'm like in an environment that's like kind of off, you know, with my band or with whoever I'm working with, it feels more comfortable. And I don't I don't feel like this added pressure. Um, it, it just it feels more natural. What do you know about pressure? Like, subscribe, and comment below. Yes. 
But, um, well, I think that's what, at least one thing, that's what I read about. And I think Jimmy Page, we watched a YouTube video on him earlier. I think he might have touched on a little yeah. bit, too. Is it was really nice for them to all be in this house where... And they're staying, staying there. there. Yeah. You're just chilling out. You're eating there. You're sleeping there. You're you're working. It's a very collaborative experience. Uh, and I, I just think that's that's pretty cool. I mean, just like I'm not a musician, but that sounds like a really fun way to, to kind of do an album. So. Oh, wow. Um, so they basically did. I mean, they, they did, uh, you know, eight tracks, uh, not an eight track. They did, they did eight tracks while while they were there. Eight songs. Um Eight songs, yeah, eight songs, and it's kind of funny. I mean, some of these songs are definitely on the the longer end, and um, John Bonham's given a lot of credit for coming in and kind of um, kind of organizing things because some of them had compli- complicated arrangements, and um, he even is given sort of songwriting credit on some. No, it was weird when I looked at the songwriting credit; I didn't see him given credit for for too many. But I know songs like In My Time of Dying, which is a very long song that has these transitions and whatnot. Um, he's the one who kind of orchestrated a, a, a lot of that. Now, that's cool. That, that's really cool. Um, well, I think one thing, I, you know, bef- I don't know if, we, if there's more we want to say before we want to get into the tracks. This this album was actually supposed to be released at the end of 1974. But just like Spinal Tap with with Smell the Glove, they were experimenting oh. with some you know some different packaging, packaging designs, designs and yeah. materials. Um, so it, it was supposed to be released at the end of '74, and they had actually already had I think some gigs booked for early in '75 um, to kind of like coincide with hey the album came out, and then like a month or so later you were going to start our tour. So the album itself, and you'll see kind of here is. Uh, it would, was tough to manufacture, and I think the main part was is like the die, but then also you have all these cutouts like in the window. Well, that, so that's the bit, die. Is that uh, the die? Okay. Yeah. So it's basically a die is a, is is like a big machine, and you put the die oh. in there, and the die has all like the punch outs, and then it just goes <laughs> on the paper. Right. So right. it's like if so, you don't get that spacing just right, and it's funny, it's it, just not going to look right. Yeah, and, and you would think like a machine like that. You're like, well, I don't understand. It's like everything's set. Like, how can it fuck it up? But it's interesting, dude. As you do production runs of material, like things start yeah. to kind of drift. Like, you know what I mean? I could see that. Yeah, I could definitely see that. And so um, I, I'm not surprised that happened. But man, when you think about it, I know we talked too offline. There's there's a lot of stuff out there that kind of has this i mean led zeppelin three you mentioned and i talked about uh rolling stone some Some girls Girls with the faces yeah yep well and the thing with it is is it is kind of cool because you can see sort of in the windows it just spells out physical graffiti but then as you pull the discs out and the album up um it has track sides or, or sides and track names but then the inside has windows and inside those windows it's kind of like famous people pictures of the band and everything so that's what i have (laughs) yeah just without the uh without the without without the the, cover or the or the first disc (laughs) and then you can put those in and boom look at you can see everybody in the windows so yeah it's a cool design i I really dig it oh it's that's really Um, unique 
Yeah. And what was the, the cover was, uh, what did they say? It was like St. James Place or just basically some apartment building in New York. Yeah, it's a a building in New York. St. Mark's Place in New York City. 96 Um, and 9th. 96 and 98 East they, 8th Street. They give you the address. I mean, yeah. you could find it, I'm sure. Um, it was also nominated for a Grammy for Best Album Package. Oh, that's cool. cool. I, yeah. I don't know why um, it wouldn't have been Best Fucking Rock Album, I guess, but okay. Right. Well, so, and you kind of asked me earlier, um, is this my favorite Zeppelin <clears throat> album, Best yeah. Album, whatever? You know, Robert Plant said, Basically, he felt that this was the band at its at its creative peak, and and for me, I really agree with this. As I've gotten older, this I don't listen to Zeppelin as much as I I do, but this is my go to album. But also, when I look at the albums that came after this, um, those are not my favorite Zeppelin albums. Uh, I understand what you mean. Songs on there, but but they're not my go tos. There are songs I like off In Through the Outdoor. I dude, I actually I do like presence. I feel like, dude, I feel like presence is Led Zeppelin's animals. Mm. It's like mm. a, an album that just isn't talked about as much. Um, yeah. Not so much in the way it feels, but I just mean in, in how it's perceived by the public and fans. I, I really like presence, and I think it's a pretty cool album. But I, you don't hear about it as much. Yeah, people definitely Anyways. don't. It- well, it doesn't have. The I'm trying to think. Album. I mean, does it? Does it have like that radio signal? No, like it, re- it, it actually right? really I doesn't. Mean, just, and I think even if you look at it in through the outdoor, which I like less, I think has fool two, in the rain. Has, fool in the rain and, and in, all of my in the love. Evening. Well, in the evening uh, isn't that one too? I hear that on oh, the radio. Everyone else, I thought in the evening was on. I'm going to sound like a real asshole here, but that's fine. For some reason, I thought that was on Presence, but I could be wrong. No, that's on In Through the Outdoor as well. Oh. Yeah. I think it's the first song, isn't it? Is it the first song? Yeah. 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 Wow, what a jerk. Well, sorry. I have failed you, super fans. And I actually consider myself... Somebody a just didn't do their homework. ...pretty big yeah, Led no. Zeppelin fan. Yeah, it would be hard to say if I'm a... Um, I'm sure there's a bigger super fan yeah. out there, you know, but I, you get to I the like point I'm where pretty, like, yeah, people have like read all these books and everything on bands. And I'm like, dude, I've listened to all their albums, like, um, in and out, yeah. but I'm sorry. In through the outdoor just isn't as memorable for me. Yeah. And I do have a book of theirs. It's called hammer of the gods, the Led Zeppelin saga, which nice. let's see where the bookmark is. The bookmark is on page. 247 and the title of the chapter is nobody's fault so dude nobody's fault but mine now i think that's on presence uh yeah so got it maybe there's a reason because if it's on in through the outdoor i I, i'm quitting it could be hold on it it is on in through the oh wait okay no, well, you looked that up. No, it it is on it is on presence. So okay, good. A little Maybe bit that's of why I stopped. Maybe that's why I stopped there. I mean, I'm getting flush. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, okay. well, I think it's about time we get into the tracks here, Mister Grimm. What you yeah, say they're not going to get into themselves. I yeah. Agree. So again, this is a double album. So we will start with disc one, side one, which uh, starts off with custard pie. Custard pie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Oh, so I, 
funny. We were just talking about presents and custard pie. Now, reading that there was an early arrangement of custard pie, um, but that eventually got reworked into the song Hots On For Nowhere off of presents. Oh. So. Redeemed. Drop. Oh, see, I I need. Yeah, we need a sound effect for that. Like, redeemed. redeemed Yeah, yeah. Anyways, um, so so dude, it's here. It says Paige played the guitar solo through an ARP synthesizer. That, uh, no, no, no. Is, is that I, right, or what's going on? As I read that, um, they were experimenting with different possibilities. Um, okay, I don't think is that what he did for the track, or no? Is there a guitar solo in Custard Pie like the? Because it, like it says guitar, that the, dude, the there's fir- a guitar solo in every Led Zeppelin song. Yeah, isn't there? sure. <laughs> yeah, there is. But uh, now that I'm thinking about it, it doesn't sound to me like it was. Uh, they said the first take was played at a faster tempo. Um, uh, and after a basic run through, the group then re- discussed the possibility of rearranging it. And so he played it through an ARP synthesizer. And John uh, ARP. Jones okay. overdubbed the Horner clavinet part and plant pa- sure, played sure. harmonica. Maybe he played it through a synth. I mean, oh, dude, with the with the with the filter, I guess I could see that because they do a, a couple of like filter sweeps. But I mean, the thing is, like, for the most part, when you put another instrument through a synthesizer, which I can do in this little beast right here. Most of what you get access to is the filter, so you can do like some sweeps, but it doesn't sound like you're playing a fucking Casio guitar typically. So it's not a Casio with a plastic B, okay? Typically not, but dude, the clavinet is. I was I was actually gonna mention the clavinet in there because it's it's very I present. You would, yeah. I I almost thought about turning it on, but I'm like, yeah, there's what's the point? Yeah. Ventura, we ain't got that kind of time. No, it's a double. This is a double album, even though it's only what fourteen songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we still got to rip. We still got to rip through it. So, and I think Plants Harmonica is good, but oh, dude, it is. It, it's it is really good. And I like how he plays that in in a handful of songs. Like it's not overused, but it, it he, he gets it throughout their I know, you know music career. Like it's just a nice little touch here. And, and I, when the levy breaks, like yeah, oh, and I think it's interesting in custard pie because with when you think of like a distorted guitar and a clavinet, it's it's like it's kind of funky, right? It it's kind of funky. And the harmonica almost doesn't make sense, but then it makes perfect sense when you hear it. Like on paper it might not make sense. You know what I mean? Right. But All right. So then then we move on to um this is move on to the rover, and this is a outtake from from Houses of the Holy. And I remember getting this album and putting this song, putting this in. And the first time I heard this, I was like, "Okay, yeah, yep. I like this. It's a lot. awesome." It was just, dude, there was just something really sweet about it. And um, initially, so check this out. So initially, it, it, and this makes sense. It was recorded as an acoustic track, and I think it was going to be on three or. Um, it was recorded at, I guess, Healy Grange, they said, in, in 1970. Dude, it had and, to be an electric track. Well, it didn't make the cut or whatever. Yeah. And then they reworked it as an electric, you know, song for Us as the Holy. And again, it kind of didn't make the cut. Um, 
But check this out. So I was like, man, I would really like to hear the acoustic version of this. Now, there is deluxe version of Led Zeppelin 3. It's not on that. There's a deluxe version of Physical Graffiti. It's not on that. I did it like a YouTube search. And if you search for Led Zeppelin 312 from 1973 to 74 Physical Graffiti Sessions, it is the first track. And they play like a minute of it. And the audio quality is absolutely horrible. But it is kind of cool just to hear. Like, uh, yeah, I would this, like to hear it. It's yeah. it's very just demo ish, but 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 it is cool, man. And and especially for being like one of my favorite songs on the album. Yes. I, it just it was it was nice. It was nice to hear it that way. But um, it's it's interesting. It's it's sort of like this slow. I, I don't know how to describe it, like a slower rock song. And in yeah. Page, I feel like he kind of plays it with. He's got like this attitude a little bit, like the way his guitar. Yeah. Sounds. I, I, to I, me, this was when I heard it. I was like, this makes sense for where Led Zeppelin is going. Like they're not just doing the same thing, um, yeah. but it's them, right? Right. Well, it's like, and I kind of made this joke on the previous song. It's like, oh, oh, it's a Led Zeppelin song, so it's got an awesome Jimmy Page guitar solo, right? Yeah. It's not everything has to be just... Yeah, yeah. Like I, I feel like this is very just like on point. Um, it still has great musicianship, and, and Page crushes it as always. Uh, but it, it just doesn't have to be this, you know, more of a Gilmore epic, style solo. Oh, more of a Gilmore style solo. Well, you know what I mean. That's that's yeah. people. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's, it's about playing the it's about the playing right the notes. right notes, not not the most notes, right? Yes, I mean, that's, yeah. yeah, the <laughs> the right notes, not the most notes, right? Yeah. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. 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 Correct. Yeah. Kind of uh, like how you're such a big fan of Predator too. Like, <laughs> not the second one, but he it. likes Predator. But like, but like, we both like but the first Predator one. also. Also. Yeah, also. Yeah. 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 That's a good horrible. Boss but dude, right. yeah, that is really funny. In, um, my, in my time of dying, um, I'm going to say my favorite is, song on the album. Wow. Okay. So, I, dude, easy. Over, over 11 minutes it's a big one is that the longest led zeppelin song i was gonna ask you that because achilles last stand is pretty fucking long i don't think um, it's this long but i'm gonna look it up now no no well as it is girthy i mean sometimes i don't know girth does matter uh, different things matter to different people what i found well that's, yeah, that's true we could go in a whole different direction that's a different podcast um but oh yeah, is, beats it, dude. Achilles' last stand is ten twenty six, my ooh, dude. So, all yeah. right, yeah. Well, dude, let me let me ask you this. Now, this is not exactly a cover, but it's based on the traditional song by I don't know some guy named uh, Robert Zimmerman, aka Bob. And well, Dylan. but when they say traditional song, typically that means like it's an unattributed like old blues song that Bob Dylan did on his debut album, and then they. Which makes sense when you listen. They told friends, and they, they told, told two yeah. friends, and so yeah, on, and so on. God, it. if you yeah. could do that effect for that part, in the that'd be amazing. But mm. I mean, I could, but well, and, and I listened to the Dylan version, and it's it is it's one of those things because, especially, I think, in you know, I could be completely wrong i feel like it's more uh, prevalent in some early zeppelin especially on the first album you know robert plant is known for taking like just old blues oh, lyrics swiping and lyrics just oh for just sure reworking them and playing them and everything yeah. and it's funny because when i listen to the dylan you know in my time of dying song like it 
it, it, it he uses some of those lyrics and sounds and inflection it's not a direct like cover or copy but it's it's like man it, it's it's heavily yeah. influenced like you know songs are the same something i don't know yeah. songs are the same riff ish um obviously Man. dylan's is like two and a half minutes this is 11 yeah. so they they, they did but so much of this is just the just the instrumental play between them because i mean it's so good oh. and one of my favorite things is is the studio noise after where like they they finish playing it and someone says like my dying dying and he says cough and then because yeah, he coughs, yeah. yeah. And then and then I don't know who it is, but somebody's like that it's has Bonham. to be the one, yeah. That's Bonham, yeah. Because yeah. Bonham coughs. So basically, what happens is at the end of like the last take, Bonham, Bonham kind of coughs into the mic or whatever, and then yeah, he's like, "That's got to be the one, hasn't it?" So yeah, that's pretty cool. And and I will. They could have cut that out, but I like that they left it because no. it, it just it, shows such the humanness of like that recording. In the courting, yep. Mm-hmm. Well, and Grim, I know you have this DVD, and I have this DVD. And oh, for yeah. people who are Led Zeppelin fans, you should get this DVD too, um, because is that how the West was fun? How the West was won? Oh, no, how the West was fun. Called. That's actually a Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen movie. <laughs> oh no, it is it definitely is. not that. But with this. Um, it has uh, on disc two on DVD two. Uh, I mean, first of all, if you're a Led Zeppelin fan, awesome live performances of songs. But oh yeah, a couple of them are are on this album. One of them is uh, in my time of dying, and it is just a phenomenal like representation and uh, live performance. Just really, really unbelievable. And if you have it in five point one, if you have a five point one surround sound system, it sounds even better. Just leave it at that. Highly recommend it, my friend. Um, because, oh, dude, you just get to, good you just, dude, you just get to see Jimmy Page just shred, yeah, just just shred, man, live on this song, and it's it's really fucking good. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna flip the disc to yes. Houses of the Holy, which ironically enough is not on the album Houses of the Holy. And I think in that interview I watched earlier with uh, Jimmy Page, he even said, he was like, you know, we didn't put it on there because, well, we're Led Zeppelin and it's just kind of funny. And we're just like, you know, we can do what we want. We don't need to we don't need to put the self-titled song on the album. And that would be interesting. I would like to know. And if other people out there know, are there other self-titled songs from that didn't make the album that didn't make the album or are on like next albums or something like that oh that god that's a cool whole nother spin-off series for us that's self-titled songs that didn't make the, make the album <laughs> yeah well we'll get that into year 17 but um, yeah i i i like this i think on this one so the the hammond organ's very pre- prevalent which is being mm-hmm. played through a leslie speaker and then i believe jimmy page is actually playing his guitar through a leslie speaker too Ooh. Uh, so you really get that kind of nice swirling, warm sound with this song. Well, dude, they recorded this at uh, Electric or maybe that's, Studios. Ooh, maybe that's Night Flight. I don't yeah, know. it might be Night Flight. Yeah, but, I think. It well, is anyways, Night they record they recorded this at Electric Lady Studios with Eddie um, Kramer as the engineer, right? The yeah, engineer for Hendrix. Who, who was a, yeah the engineer for Hendrix, which was interesting because I I recognize that name and there's a. You were big fans of the the um, classic album series, and there's one for Electric Ladyland, and he is interviewed 
uh, heavily throughout that that whole yeah. uh, documentary. It's it's really 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 well done. Um, I think it's that one. There's another one too, but anyways, that's Jimi Hendrix. We'll yeah. get into that, but anyways. Um, so yeah, and, and also another reason they left it off. Uh, what do you call it? They left it off. House of the Holy. Uh, House of the Holy is basically they felt like it was very similar to some of the other songs. They thought it was similar to Dancing Days. I think yeah, they thought Dancing Days I, was see, better. I mean, Dancing Days is obviously awesome, but man, I I don't hear this quite like Dancing Days. I, for some reason, I was wrong about the Leslie thing. That is Night Flight, but I really uh, the note that I had in my dome about this one was the background vocals because I liked it. Oh, I got you. you know yeah well it, the thing with uh, I guess well, you heed I, I the master's call dude I, I, I wouldn't say that it sounds you know, exactly like dancing days but when, when I think for me as not being like a, a, a musician I think about how just a song sounds and feels as a whole and I really feel like the song could obviously be on that album. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so, but but to me, it has it has a similar feel as to some of the other songs on that on that album. Now, here's so, my question. Okay, could you possibly switch this song with the crunch? Yeah, I just threw it out there. That yeah, just happened. Yeah, I could. I like it on this album better, but okay, yeah. So let me ask you this: All right, if we're swapping out "Houses of the Holy" for "The Crunch," would you rather have "Houses of the Holy" on this album or "The Crunch" on this album? Because they would have been like, "Oh, the Crunch is House left over, the so let's put it on Physical Graffiti." No, okay. "Houses of the Holy." So we're happy with we're happy yes. with how it worked out. Yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so forget I just, said anything. Basically, just a thought. <laughs> just I don't want to get into uh, technicalities here. Just a thought. No. So, okay. anyways, trampled, trampled underfoot. Underfoot, dude. Uh, I feel like this is um, uh, John Paul Jones kind of gets to like Dude, do the his clavinet, thing man. Right. And it, what's interesting about the way he uses the clavinet on this album is he uses it more in the way that I think it was intended when they made it, uh, because it was made to sound like an electronic version of a clavichord, which is like the predecessor to a harpsichord. And when you think of how it sounds, I'm, I'm looking at it right now, just thinking about playing it. But when you think about how it sounds, the way he plays it on here, and then like how it sounds, for example, maybe when Stevie Wonder plays it with the wah pedal and stuff, it's a little mm. more like. I like how you done there. A little more like almost uh, neoclassical. Or do you do you know what I mean? It's not as. It's funky, but it's funky in like a more pure way. It's not. You don't need yeah. like the wah pedal and all this stuff behind it. It just has that bounce to it. Uh, yes. You know what I yes. mean? It just. Dude, it, it always bounce. has that bounce, but but they don't they don't put like the grit behind it of, you know, whatever else. So it's a very yeah. clean sound for the clavinet. Dude, it is, and like, I, I think that's a that's a great way to describe it. It has that bounce, yeah. Um, and, and and I just feel like again, this you really get to see John Paul Jones and his skill skill come out. Um, I mean, obviously, Paige has fucking killer riffs and yeah, yeah. You know, bottom, and then and then and then. But that that's what makes sing. it. Yeah, well, dude, there's also again on this DVD, a fucking awesome killer live version of this song. So, dude, if people like this album, get this DVD because there's some good stuff and 
by no means are I don't even know who makes this or we plugging I mean I'm plugging it but we're not mm. getting anything out of it yeah 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 um, so I think we can move on to probably the most recognizable song iconic on the album, song on the album which ironically enough dude was not the single Trampled Underfoot was the single off this album yeah but this isn't a radio song yeah, I, but I it's also, played on the radio every fucking day. Well, Here's now, the classic, now, yeah, yeah, yeah. I now wouldn't have chose trampled underfoot, now, now. but yeah, uh, cashmere. Yeah, this was the reason I bought the album when I bought it as like a fifteen-year-old kid or whatever. Um, yeah, because because of that song, and I figured like if the album's on or if yeah. this song's on that album, it's got to be a good album. Do you? All right, I got a question for you. Do you think this is? Other than Stairway to Heaven. Do you think that this is their this is their most recognizable song? Whole lot of love is pretty recognizable. Dude, fucking Black Dog. Oh. Black Dog I mean I, that I, Rock and Roll. I, I no, I don't. I honestly don't. Okay. Because I think there's there's a lot of people um who can go who can go with go for straight ahead rock but this is a little out there like not for me it's it's right where it should be for me but i feel like for some people who like their capacity musically is just straight ahead rock like you know like acdc would be one of their favorite bands Okay. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. They're not as into cashmere. And I'm not criticizing this person, but this is just, uh, I think, a very reasonable observation to make. Sure. All right. All right. Well, initially, um, Paige and Bonham had kind of worked this up as an instrumental sort of song. And then Plant was in, uh, he's in Morocco on vacation, just, you know, just hanging out in Morocco, which mm-hmm. sounds like a great time. That's where he kind of came up with with his lyrics. And um, I mean, first, I, I love all the music and musicianship, but I kind of love the lyrics. lyrics and, yeah. Because, dude, he's always into that mythological. Yeah, like going on a journey. A journey. Dude, like the Battle of Evermore. Yeah, and like yeah. That. Even though they're very different songs, but it, it has that a similar kind of mysticism behind it. Right. Yeah. Dude, I do have to say. I listened to Robert Plant's podcast called, um, I think it's called Ooh. Digging Deep. I think. Don't quote me on that. But he has Digging his own. Digging Deep and planting, planting pots or potting yeah. plants. <laughs> but, dude, he talks about like that that trip to Morocco as like a big inspiration for, for this song and how they, like it never really left him. Like that's yeah. still something, I guess, for him that's like that really fascinates him. Sounds like a hell of a trip, man. Um, well, dude, I, again, we've kind of talked about John Paul Jones. Like, he's the one who who did the the Digging string and the brass the, yeah. the the brass arrangements for this song. So, people really, I, I just again, I feel like he probably doesn't get the credit, or at least I, I don't. For some reason, I feel like he's not talked about enough because, I mean, it is hard, dude. When you have Page and Plant, like, is like, boom, they're front yeah, and sure. center. And Bonham was just such a powerful force that it's easy to kind of get o- overshadowed a little bit. But mm-hmm. he just his contributions um, are amazing, and especially to this song, those the, the strings and the brass. 
take it from like a really really good song to I this know. epic level yes. to this epic level and, and then not to mention he has these nice little mellotron riffs in there because you can hear what's the brass and what's the strings and then he has these these parts like when plants talking about when i something this crazy land like that's you can hear the mellotron in there too which is him just playing it but it gives it a nice kind of like lo-fi but still kind of a big sound in that part and then it makes it so when the strings and the brass come in it's like oh you know it's insane well father of the four winds after you fill Fill my my sails sails. how about um how about we flip the record oh no actually we're not gonna flip anything we're gonna we're gonna change yeah we're going to this one three just yeah the one he has yeah Um, which starts off within the light man and i'll tell you what I mean, talk about a stark contrast from mm-hmm. the way disc one starts to disc disc two. I can you think of another Led Zeppelin song that sounds like this? No, um, this is a totally unique one, and uh, I, I really like it for that reason. And I believe I can't tell you the exact model, but uh, I believe that yeah, John Paul Jones that? had a Farfisa organ, and okay. it, it had this like unique feature where it would you could hold a note and play something else, and it would like go up to that note, and then they would join together. Um, oh. Yeah, I'll, I'll look at. Yeah, dude. I and it was funny because I remember back when I I have a Farfisa organ now, but a little uh, one that's older than what this would be. And um, when I was looking at him, an auction came up for this the model that he used on that, and I was like real close to pulling the trigger. I kind of wish I would. Real close, yeah, dude. Um, well, dude, it's. I think it's just such a great, unique way uh, to to start the album. And again, this yeah. is this is one this is one of the songs that they you know wrote and recorded for this album. It wasn't a previous track or anything like that. Now, however, there is um, there's some earlier versions, and they did kind of rework some stuff. And if you get the deluxe, if you're able to download or get the deluxe CD, there is a version of it, and it's called "Everybody Makes It Through in the Light," and. I've listened to that a few times, man, and it sounds it, it's different. It's very different. It doesn't have kind of that um, the the same sort of intro and everything. It actually, to me, almost has a little bit of a darker darker feel to it. But I would I, I really like the that version of it too, man. I, I think it's I think it's pretty cool. So I'd, if people like this song, I highly recommend checking it out and getting the or just getting the deluxe version as well uh, because there's some there's some cool Probably other things to hurt. it. Yeah, there's some cool stuff. Hmm. Oh, yeah. So, moving on from there, um, we will do. We will go to track number two, which is Bronny Or. Recorded is, uh, at Bronny Or. Bronny Or. Um, which, for people who kind of don't know, it was when um, they were going to. Well, Page and Plant went to Bronny Or to this kind of like this little cottage, and that's where they just kind of got away to write some music. I don't even and think it had electricity. Yeah, it was, very, it was very, it was very, yeah, it was very bare bones. Rustic. It was not like they were, yeah, the, yeah, rustic. Yeah, that's what it said in the tour guide, right? Um, you know, yeah, or, yeah. Um, but it's a, it's, it's a great acoustic song. Uh, you can tell, like, I mean, it's, it sounds awesome. I, I really, I really do, like it a lot. Um, I do too. I, 
I, I don't, I mean, I think you said something earlier and you kind of liked it after the light and everything. And, and I do, I'm yeah. not talking even, even about placement. Um, it is an interesting song to be like, uh, like Hey, well, we're just going to put this on there. Cause it's just like this, what, two, two and a half minute little acoustic number. I mean, but it, it sounds like the light that they're speaking of. Oh, to me that that's why I, I think I, I liked it so much is it's 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 this beautiful like wholesome sound and I think that they said that there was an alternate uh, title of it was like the morning or something which is perfect like a beautiful spring summer or spring morning like a blossoming flower yeah like ten thousand petal lotuses just. Opening. I think opening. it was a Farfisa VIP 233, but don't quote me on that. Anyways. That's kind of what it sounded like. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yep. But yeah, um, I, I like that. It's really simple. I think if there's any overdubs in that song, it might be like a couple of the notes to accentuate the runs, but it's it's really just an acoustic guitar being played very well. Yeah, which it was good at. So. <laughs> Track number three, we're going down by the seaside, which is in an outtake from Led Zeppelin Four. Dude, um, and dude, I again, I, I know you love the song. I love it. Shit, dude. I, I will say though, I I'm glad. I don't know if it fits Led Zeppelin Four. I, I I'm, understand I'm that. Glad I, that it's not on it. Yeah, I think it belongs where it is. Um, but man, I'm just so glad they chose to do something with it because I really like. So he's playing slide, and then he has a vibrato on the amplifier to get that. It, oh, it, it's such a nice, unique sound. It, it was like when I heard it, I knew what it was. But then there was part of me where I'm like, how did no one ever do this before? Like, it sounds wonderful. 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 Yeah. You're going to love it. it. Well, to me, and, and part of the reason I, I, I say it doesn't maybe fit on, would have fit on Led Zeppelin 4 is there's, before it kind of picks up a little bit in that middle section, it has a real kind of like, Almost lackadaisical, kind of daydreamy yeah. feel. It feel sounds like it. down by the seaside. Yeah, it's like oh, I'm just down by the seaside, yeah. just hanging out. Um, but I really do that part where it does oh, pick, do it up, st- pick up. He's like, do, do you, you still, still do, the, do twist? the twist? Do you oh, find you remember? Do you find you remember things that well? Oh, it's dude. It's that's a Some really find really cool it awful part. hard to tell. Yeah, uh-huh. that that part. I mean. It's almost like if you if you didn't really dig that song, but you got that far, that part is so awesome. And then the way it comes back, that you would you would like the song, just for and and, and eventually you would appreciate the rest. I think would. absolutely. So then we move on to Ten Years Gone, which to this, me these these had to go by each other. Oh, there, there's there. There's just some interesting similarity about them and i was thinking about 10 years gone for some reason today i like the way the guitar parts are and some of the chords they use which are more like jazzier chords and i thought i i know that based on some of the things i've listened to and heard that stone temple pilots uh was was influenced Dude, by led zeppelin loved led Ze- yeah this is yeah okay i can hear yeah. it in this song Totally. You know, with the the chords they use and some of the guitar yeah. stuff they do, 
Definitely. Um, no, I, I I, for some reason, I don't know if that sounds weird, but this is the song I hear it in more than anything. Yeah, I can hear that. Well, in, in a strange way, this song uh, reminds me a little bit of the Rover in in how um, it's one of those where the, the sound, um, the way Paige, huh. or, uh, Paige plays it, um, like it's it's just good guitar playing. It's not, again, crazy, just like, you know, too yeah, much solo. Yeah, I guess it's this not just mo- being a little less rocky. But I, I like see I was what saying, you mean. Not the most notes, the right notes. Like that's, yeah, yeah, that's sure. Kinda, that, that's what I feel. That's uh, when a I hear great this. way to say it. So, it, dude, interestingly enough, I guess when they played this live, though, John Paul Jones, and I don't know if this exists or this is a fucking joke, but it sounds like something out of Spinal Tap. John Paul Jones played a triple neck guitar where it had a mandolin, a six string, oh, I, and a twelve and a twelve string. No, I've does heard that really of this. exist? Yeah. Okay. Because that sounds insane to me. Like, I like how do you even hold that? Like, what does that look like? Like, I it's just I'm sure nuts, you man. can find a picture of it. I'm going to look right now, but I did That's just awesome. see that the Farfisa that I had was listed on eBay for or used on Reverb for almost two grand. I'm not going to sell it, but damn, that's a lot of money for that thing. That's a lot of money. Um, Well, I think while you're looking that up, I will flip the side to uh, Night Flight. Oh, wow. It's it's really something, dude. That's really something? Is it? Yeah? Yeah, I've seen... I, I feel like I've seen pictures of that before. It's actually... It's not as... It's not like it's a red heart-shaped guitar body with the three necks, so it doesn't look... It, yeah. it looks like a lot to deal with, but it doesn't look totally ridiculous. He probably wouldn't be like, not that it's his style. He probably wouldn't be like running and jumping around stage with it, though. No, no, no. He wouldn't be not. doing his. He wouldn't be doing his best Eddie Van Halen impression. No. I was gonna say DLR, but same band. <laughs> All right, same band. There we go. Yeah. Um, well, moving on to Night Flight. Um, oh, again, we have dude. another Led Zeppelin. We have a Led Zeppelin four outtake. Um, I agree. This wouldn't necessarily belong on four. Yeah, but I, this I is the one. It, yeah, yeah. I find it interesting. Um, like, dude, Plant just kind of starts. It starts with singing, just like right away. I know. You know, that's what I always liked about this. Is it was just like a little different. You know, from yeah, from what you would expect. It is. You're right. Why I think it's better on on this album, and this was the one. I I uh, apologize this for my. Lyrical misstep earlier, but this is the one where there's the Hammond and then Paige is playing his guitar through Leslie, right? Which and is it sounds really dope. neat, <laughs> so neat. Um, so I guess Plant saw a headline in in the news and it said like nuclear nuclear yeah. damage test threat, and uh, he wondered to himself, why is there so little love in the world? You know, Robert, I'm kind of asking myself. That same question, and this album was 1975, and we're in 2020. You know, yeah, why? yeah, why? You know, and and Trent Reznor's asking, you know, why do you get all the love in the world? So yeah, I don't know. Well, I don't know. It's not enough to, I, not enough to go I, around. I've always really liked Night Flight, and I, I know I did mention the thing about the Leslie, but the thing about it is the speakers constantly moving, right? And so I think that that kind of really resonates well with the idea of like a flight or just anything that involves movement because it, it 
the the it manifests it in the sound as you're listening. Constant motion. Constant, Constant loop. Motion. Constant motion. Yeah. Constant loop. The wonton song. For those of you who love wontons. Um love it. You know, this is it, to me this is uh dude the, there's so many riffs in this song and i think that's kind of what they said um when they, when they were talking about it but dude that opening riff is just so f- fucking nasty i think sometimes i forget about how nasty some of oh, like, I know. jimmy jimmy page's stuff is like whoa i think it um i th- i'm not sure if it's in the same key uh, but even if not, it doesn't matter because I was thinking in, that it was in the same key as Immigrant Song. I feel like if this is like if Immigrant Song got funky. Okay, <laughs> you know what I mean. All right. Yeah. <laughs> which which Immigrant Song does not get very funky, but <laughs> but if it did, it would be the wonton song. You know? one. Okay, that's good. Um, yeah, it does. It it has all those kind of different riffs to it. I feel like. To me, when I was listening to it, it kind of, I don't mean this in a bad way, it kind of stutters along in some of those riffs. Yeah. Um, and then and then it transitions to, it, it does transition into this kind of like flowy, upbeat feel, and then it gets back into the kind of nasty, nasty riffs again. Dude, I, I mean, I've like made songs myself that are, you you could just hear the influence. Every band has, I think, that just, just that just that driving chopped up beat there's something so yeah, nice about right. it. it yeah i think that's what i was kind of meant by the started yeah the chopped up beat right yeah and okay. even this it, to me this is in the family of like Jimi hendrix spanish castle magic the wonton song nirvana's scentless apprentice um you know like they're they're not the same but they're in the family Grimps, you see that's what I'm a hell saying? of a family tree, right there, dude. It is, and so uh, is the Tim's. Um, so it probably should... starts with Spanish Castle Magic, then, right? Yeah, and like I said, they're not exactly is the that same, the top but... branch. I don't know. Yeah, but they're in the family. In the family. Well, let's boogie with Stu, which is another Led Zeppelin four outtake. So we. Uh... Which I can hear, I guess, with the mandolin and the bluesiness. It's kind of like the. Again. The happier yeah. acoustic song that didn't make it, if that yeah, makes sense. I'm, I'm, to be honest, I'm, I'm kind of glad it, it didn't. Me too. Now, but it's now more raw. Was, it's more. It raw. is. It is like life. Um, and it's. They said that basically, uh, it was kind of a jam session st- song that they did with uh, the Stones pianist Ian, Ian Stewart, who based it on a Richie Valens song. Yeah. Uh, called yeah, "On My Head." Yeah, because that's where I I had heard about it. Um, okay, was the Richie Valens one, and so it was it was interesting hearing that. But then, yeah, Ian Stewart. Now reading about Ian Stewart, this was one thing that really bummed me out. And maybe things would have turned out different. So it is the way it is. But he was a Scottish keyboardist and co-founder of the Rolling Stones. He was removed from the lineup in May of 1963 at the request of manager Andrew Log Oldham, who felt he did not fit the band's image. Wow. Now, he played on a lot of subsequent shit. It was basically like if there was keyboard in the Rolling Stones, it was like him or fucking Nicky Hopkins. But he just really wasn't in the Stones. But isn't that shitty, dude? That is shitty. 
Oh, um, didn't look the part. <clears throat> you didn't look the part, man. Well, now here's another thing. So my favorite podcast that I listen to, Disgraceland, they other were talking. Track. Other than Scratch Track. Well, I'm in Scratch Track, so it's like I dictate it's still it. Still be a dude, yeah. it's my, dude, it's my favorite fucking podcast. It is. Okay, that I listen to. Uh, Disgraceland, there there was an episode, um, <clears throat> actually, sorry, it was the 27 Club, still by Jake Brennan, but it was about Jimi Hendrix, and so Andrew Log Jimmy. Oldham, the, the Rolling Stones manager, was a real, like, kind of a force, right, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's like a Peter Grant. Yeah, yeah, but if Peter Grant was kind of just like a real fashionable little wiener from London... Yeah, like that was not Peter. Peter Grant. Grant would have like beat the absolute shit like out of Andrew Log Oldham just for you know references' sake. Um, but apparently he saw he saw Jimi Hendrix in London and he was like, "Yeah, I'm not impressed." So automatically, you kind of have to be like, you know, your taste is somewhat in question. Now, granted. It's not as if the Stones are not amazing. I mean, like, one of the most amazing bands ever. But, like, you you couldn't identify greatness in Hendrix when you saw him. And you were so worried about Ian Stewart that you had to cut him out of the Stones lineup. Put a fucking hat on him. Yeah. You know? Go go the slash route. Dude, put the top hat on and glasses. Get the long hair. Yeah. Because it's he, not like the Stones' music didn't have a lot of piano in it throughout the years. Just saying. That's some good shit. Um, well, dude, interestingly enough, um, getting back to uh, Led Zeppelin. Um, the, uh, <laughs> Sorry. Um, so, the the um, yeah, this song was kind of based off a of Richie Valens song, Oh My Head. And they didn't give credit to Valens or Bob Keane. Um, instead, they gave it to Valens' mother. And then later, Bob Keane, who was uh, the producer and manager of Richie Valens, they ended up suing Led Zeppelin, and they got royalties from the song. Um, and his mother... Sure were huge. His, yeah, his mother, who was not actually part of the suit, actually ended up getting half of the royalties. So at least this dude, Bob Keane, kind of gave her something. You know, I mean, yeah. it seems like not he to was say that enough. he probably deserved much but yeah i'm glad his mother did yeah he did and he just happened to have the rights uh he owned delphi records which i imagine is the company record company that yeah, put out richie balance fucking stuff. story yeah dame the fucking music died um yeah 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 um, but it's interesting because when i listen to that version of the richie valens song i kind of feel like yeah it's got the same groove in the way he sings it but to me, it's more like, ah, songs are the same riff. Like, is it? Uh, I don't know. Oh, it, it definitely is. But I'm with you. I like what Led Zeppelin did with it better. Yeah. There's just something about that. You know, there it, it sounds it sounds exactly. like guys in a room at a bar or something. But those guys were Led Zeppelin. Yeah. <laughs> you know? They were okay. Yeah, well, that's what I kind of feel. I was like. It, it sounds like a folky yeah. saloon type. But I, type. I like it's the way now Jimmy in the the interview that you sent me, which was a great interview by the way, which was You're Jimmy welcome. Page talking. Yeah, uh, thank you. 
um, him talking about the remastering of this album, he basically just said it as like, oh, well, one day Ian Stewart turned up, so we just decided to do this. And there was a piano in the house, which was out of tune that you can hear in the recording. <laughs> so he took his guitar and just kind of got it like in the middle enough to where it didn't sound shitty. And then they went <laughs> Dude, with it. Dude, that's hilarious. That's I think it's great, awesome. Man. Because that's how it is. I got an old piano right there, and dude, not in perfect tune. And you almost don't want to put it in perfect tune because as long as it's not too far out, there's a character that comes with that, you know? That's a good point. That's a good point, Ventura. All right, moving on. Black Country Woman. Now, this is a Houses of the Holy outtake. Um, You know. I love that they recorded it outside. And he says, you got to get that airplane off. And he's like, nah, leave it. Yeah, nah, leave it. Yeah. And that's cool. Yeah. It, it kind of goes back to that fun yeah. you know, p- part of it. And we're just recording and everything. Um, and it, that's why it, I think it goes well where it's placed. Yeah. And it, it is cool that, you know, they're like, oh, we just want to get like out of the studio. Well, they really got out of the studio. Yeah. Like outside from studio to a house to like outside. Um but again, it was like a. Um, they say it was recorded in a garden in 1972, so that's that's kind of cool. Was that at Headley um, Grange though? No, it's, it's Stargroves. I don't know where that is. Oh, that's but, funny because that yeah, when I was reading about the guy's mobile recording studio, I think it said you can get to anywhere within a hundred meters of the trailer. <laughs> that's good. So three hundred feet range. Three hundred feet range. of cable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like it. Um, sick again. Sick Last again. track. Sick again. Basically written by Page and Plan about their 1973 tour with meeting groupies, which they were pretty familiar with. Oh, like, yeah. Again, again, um, I would highly recommend if you want to hear some tales from the crypt, um, get this book, Hammer of the Gods, because it talks about some weird stuff, stories with sharks, pieces. Oh, dude. And listen to the... Yeah, listen to the Led Zeppelin Disgraceland episode too. A lot of good After stuff. After I finish this one, yeah. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> if you uh, made it this far, you basically did. <laughs> yeah, you kind of did. So, um, but you should also listen to our Led Zeppelin three. Yeah, um, scratch a track that was pretty good. Now I don't know it's on video, but we still sound really well. Now it's and funny I, that you you talk about, and obviously I read about what the lyrics were about here too. Um, but yeah, uh, a lot of young numbers throw like low numbers. I mean, yeah, dude, like, like, yeah, dude, teens, R. Kelly, 16. it's my kind of weather. It's going to be in the teens tonight, kind of yeah. numbers. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it actually and is here in the Great White North. It's cold as shit outside. Yeah, I know. I did notice that. I, I don't want to yeah. read too much, too much into it. I know um, because because I really like Led Zeppelin. Um, but I think it was more. I think it was more about, you know, there were these groupies and these girls probably, you know, coming after them and just hanging around and being around. Oh, sure. To, yeah. And, and, you know, whether that was basically on, get pregnant, speak, but yeah. yeah, that's a yeah. meal ticket. That's that's called no, the, the that's called the meal ticket plan. Yeah. Well, let's leave that there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, as a song, but the riff know, is fucking hot. Yeah, the riff is hot. It's the hottest, hottest shit. Um, and, you know, I, I find it interesting that the song is called Sick Again. 
because it's just kind of like it, it's like man is this just like the same old shit like yeah over yeah and over and over uh-huh. like every you know every other right dude grim every other city we go every other video no matter where i go i see the same hoe yeah right? <laughs> that's pretty much it songs are the this same is, theme this is just Led Zeppelin's <laughs> version version of that yeah Even, well tupac was very influenced by led zeppelin he was he was yeah. huge huge fan Mm. All right, Grim. We need to get to our stra- uh, scratches. Everybody, how we do double albums on here, we scratch a track on each album. So we're going to do that. Two so discs, two scratches. two scratches. So, dude, I, I want to put you on the T, I think. Okay. Okay. So, so Physical so Graffiti by Led Zeppelin, disc, disc one. one. Um. I'm going to go with Houses of the Holy. Okay. And I'm going to do that because there's a lot of fucking good songs on that first disc. And I have a really hard time picking any other one besides that. I mean, I mean, you know, I understand some people could could scratch and I I could understand I, I don't think I could do it into my time of dying just because it's 11 minutes. Oh, so I can, dude, I would give a what the fuck to anyone who scratches that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I fucking know you would. And I get that. But, <laughs> but Such a lot contempt. of people are like, but contempt. a lot of people are like, yeah, I, I don't want to listen to an 11 minute song. I'm not one of those people. So, all right. And thank don't God. Cast me, don't cast me in that light. All right. Um, but I would just go with Houses of the Holy because, man, dude. I can't do cashmere. Can't do treble under the foot. In my time of dying, the rover. I mean, maybe custard pie, but I don't know. Yeah, but it's still a good one. I know. I didn't really. I didn't really set you up. I mean, because I kind of basically. Anyways, you go. Okay, so this hour. Okay. Well, you're not getting anything from me. I don't know if I will, but dude, I would actually scratch trampled underfoot. Ah, can't. I will give you a what the fuck is that shit play. That's fair. Um, you know the reason why? Yeah, is because I, I, no, I, don't, I just but I want don't to. really like the lyrics. It's the okay. most it's the most fucking microwaved, fucking standard rock, predictable lyrics I've ever heard. Talking about basically comparing your sex life to a car's maintenance schedule. And I've done but that. The thing is, yeah, sure. Musically, I, I really like the song, but um, that's why I can't, dude. I can't, no. But I dude, I, I actually, if you want to get funkier, I think custard pie is a little funkier. Not cutting the fucking rover in my time of dying. Go f yourself. Um, I, I really like Houses of the Holy. I can see why um, it would be scratched by many people, but and and then yeah. again, dude, I bought the album at a young age for cashmere so it ain't gonna be that it ain't gonna be that no ain't no. ain't no word no yeah I just I just I, I feel like John Paul Jones's work just stands out too much to me on Trample Under dude Foot. it really that's does what I, that's what I can't do I can't do it but but the fuck is that shit alright disc two your turn what do you got oh well, I'm interested where this will take us, but Boogie with Stu. Ooh, okay. I, I like right. the song, but like, dude, I could live without it. I got you. Yeah, it's that would maybe be on my short list. 
Um, and like a like an alternate if we went to overtime, which we're clearly yeah. not. Clearly not. Clearly not. Um, mine is actually a black country woman. Okay. Well, um, to me, those, I, I hate to say it, but they kind of go hand in hand like we were talking about in the tracks, you know? Yeah. Well, it, it, you know, Led Zeppelin in, in this song, they, I've noticed they do it sometimes in, in their songs, and they do it in this one, where they'll have um, just kind of acoust- uh, acoustic, acoustic, in, in the music <laughs> acoustic, playing, just, yeah. just that and the singing and everything. And then John Bonham will just come in, boom, boom, with the kick drum. Like he'll do that in Brownie or Stomp, where it's just like nothing, yeah. and then and then boom, mm-hmm. and then it comes in. And I kind of like that. I, I I do like that. Um, but in this song, I don't know. It, it just there's something about it. it just just doesn't really do it for me. Um, yeah, uh, that's you know. a good point. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna recant what I said and like go into overtime, but no. I feel like I should have thought about this one more. Yeah, but well, the thing—the thing for me is, I for some reason it is something so minute and stupid. But I love the humanness of the of the fucking airplane on the recording. There, well, there's, I, I really like that's that's something that almost wouldn't let me do it. I think. Yeah. Well, and that's what also that, that is one thing I like about. It. I'm still going to scratch it, but I do like that it was done outside. There's mm-hmm. something cool about that. Just recording in a different environment. And we've talked about other bands, and you know, Radiohead's done that in some of their songs. Bjork did it. I don't know if that track made the album, but in her post album, she recorded one of one of her the vocals songs, in like, a cave. It was like in the Bahamas. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. But um, well, all right. I think that officially scratches. Physical so. Graffiti by Led Zeppelin. So, yeah, if you guys have not heard this album or is not as familiar with it, we highly recommend it. And uh, highly recommend the DVD. And, you know, pick it up on vinyl. You know, I, I can't really wait good. to because I, I like both discs. Um, I really think, <laughs> dude, that we should, this should be kind of a, a props to the show because I feel like. If there was criticism of us being too like-minded, this would have been an album where there would have been a clear fucking double overtime, one on each disc. And I I feel like it really kind of highlighted the differences in opinion and, um, you know, so... That's a really preemptive like defense. I like that. That's, that's oh, it wasn't even meant to be a defense. It was more just like a feather in our respective caps. Yeah, that's true. I mean, if there was one, I mean... Dude, the first the first one has what six songs? This one has eight, yeah, or nine songs on this. Would have been yeah, real so. easy to double up on those and go into mm-hmm. double OT. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is, but we didn't. So, on that note, everyone, it's time to go. We hope that uh, you will tune out. We're gonna tune out while you guys tune in. <laughs> Cheers! Cheers, everyone! All right, Khaki Scouts out. Time to go. Dude Grim Show. Scratch a track is produced by the Dude Grim. Additional music provided by Moore in the Tins. Copyright 2021. The Dude Grim Show.